Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's never better than a Friday night, Audrey. Tune in to Tech Vibe Radio. I love it, man. Too. And I love it when we have some guests and we're going to jump right in. Not just guests, but like old friends old and family friends. stopping old by the show. Old friends and family. Absolutely. A, a, few weeks, a few weeks ago, the agency reached out and they said, hey, you know, the Marcel Shell Coalition, you know, the, the Shale Insight Conference is happening. I'm like, come yeah. on over. Let's talk about this because yeah. it's, it's been too long and it's such an important conference. And we have Dave Spiegelmeyer here who leads up the Marcel Shale Coalition. So, Dave, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, it's good to be with you. Coming yeah. up October 23 through 25 right here in Pittsburgh. That's really? what I want to hear, right here in Pittsburgh, too. So yeah, what's the link to that yeah, to make sure us... that people can yeah, go? Yeah, it's www.shaleinsight.com. It's pretty easy to find. And, I can uh, remember shaleinsight.com. <laughs> and so talk about the conference. Yeah, it's good. it's good to have the opportunity to talk about the conference because it's been – Technology and innovation have been a driving force behind shale gas development. A lot of folks would would have called us boom and bust, and this conference gives us an opportunity to talk about the optimism and what's taking place Mm -hmm. in shale, the shale space across not only Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Ohio, but across our country. It's changed the outlook for energy supply globally, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about. And it was technology and ingenuity that brought the price point where they can make money on, on, on a barrel of oil, right? And it was through fracking yeah, and that they were able to get that price to where it's like, hey, you know, it can be, it doesn't have to be like $80 a barrel anymore. It can be 40 or whatever the number is. I'm not sure. But I just know that it's technology that allows us to keep, you know, being more efficient and more and more safe for the environment. That's well. absolutely spot on. And it's natural gas to your home. To winter of 2008, natural gas prices delivered were $13.71 this past winter. They were less than $5 at every home wow. See, across Pennsylvania at every utility. And those are super real savings in your pocket. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, I, as a homeowner, remember back in 2008, my gas bill being 300 bucks a month, and now yeah. it's like 100 And so that's yeah. pretty actionable. Like, that's some money that you can go do something with. So, yeah, just we saying. are more than 60% dependent on foreign sources of, of oil. Today, right. we're less than 20%. Yeah, yeah. It's a big winner for us. Geopolitical advantage yeah. is enormous. Wait, are we even starting to export some of our gas Absolutely. Now? We are indeed. So and that's it, what's kind of crazy, right? Well, it's not really crazy. It makes it makes a ton of sense. We've gone from a period of, of scarcity and high price to a period of, of abundance and, and low cost. We've now got the ability to take and liquefy natural gas through a cryogenic or freezing process. And it's and it's just a piece of what we produce in Pennsylvania, but we can put that on the global market. Right. You think about Vladimir Putin being able to squeeze the people of Ukraine with his pipeline infrastructure. Right. Today we can ship LNG into those those areas and That's and, cool. and really change the the nature of energy supply globally. Very One of the items we're going to talk about at the conference yeah. is alleviating global energy poverty. I mean, if you think about 1.3 huh. billion people across the planet live without electricity every day, which means they have no refrigeration, right. no fresh water supply, no uh, sewage because they have no pumps. Exactly. Um, you know they they heat their homes with wood or dung, and they and they they cook their food with the same. They live shorter lifespans as a result. And today we can use now our abundance of energy produced primarily be with the ability to turn a drill bit horizontally. Mm-hmm. That's changed that outlook dramatically forever. So, what are some of the topics? For yeah. the, at the conference. Yeah, alleviating energy energy poverty is a right. big one for us. 
um, getting the, the benefits of, a, of using this natural gas locally. We've now got, as I talked about, this abundance and affordable supply. Right. How do we turn that, what I'd call, straw into gold for Pennsylvania? West Virginia and Ohio. One thing I didn't mention, we merged this conference two years ago with West Virginia right, and Ohio, and it's now a, a more regional great, opportunity for right. us. But I think you guys have probably read a little bit about the the study that was completed last October, uh, Forge the Future. It takes a look mm-hmm. at the right. opportunities downstream if we use this natural gas supply here. It says by 2025, if we play our cards correctly, $60 billion of GDP growth, 100,000 new jobs for our region. We're already seeing some of that. Right, right, right. Shell facility today, you've got 1,900 people or more now working on that site. 31 yeah. cranes erected. It's an exciting spot. Cranes. Like that's Something's happening. Yeah, we well, don't see too many cranes around <laughs> no. the region very often. we got 31 on one site alone. It's a pretty special time for us, and it's be, you know, being able to take – you know, the ethane being produced in the western right. part of Pennsylvania, eastern part of Ohio, and northern part of West Virginia, and taking that to develop plastic products. So who should term. attend the conference? I would tell you it's any it's anyone that's interested in our space. It's downstream users. You asked the question about what are some of the other processes and right. things we're going to talk about. Power generation is big. We've basically gone from natural gas being the last choice for power generation to being a premier choice that's of power generation. And it's reduced our – it's right. reduced our uh, – you know, wholesale power prices by 41% in the PJM power grid. It's a big opportunity for us to to talk about that. It's uh, it's innovation and technology that has driven this industry. We spend a lot of time talking about it. Cybersecurity is another big one mm. for us. Make sure our systems are safe exactly. and secure. We've right, got right. leaders in that space that are going to talk about that at the conference. We've just landed Andrew Wheeler, one of the, you know, the new administrator of the EPA or acting administrator of the EPA is going to be one of our keynote address oh, uh, speakers. Great. So he's going to talk about, again, using technology to clean our air, clean our water. And we're very much focused on that. We want to make sure it always gets done right. And we'll leave Pennsylvania a cleaner it's place always, than where we started. It's always been the top priority. I know. Absolutely. I've known your organization for as long as it's been around. Like that's one of the biggest concerns there is maintaining the environment as far as that goes. Now, one thing I love about this uh, conference is there's always a, a focus on innovation and the technology as you were talking about. You bet. Tell me this year again, we got more of that going on. Absolutely. I love going through and being able right. to tour and see the companies yeah. and to see how this is actually in, in play. We'll probably have more than 70 different exhibitors at the nice. David O. Lawrence Convention Center looking at different technology. I'll use as an example through that came through our tech showcase uh, and our partnership with the Ben Franklin Institute is that the technology for the FLIR camera, which is a it's a technological advancement, a camera that can be able to use to spot methane emissions. It's uh, now being used by regulators across yeah, the country. Really was it, the seed of that fell with the Marcel Shale Coalition. So we're real proud of that. In fact, you know, we've had regulators out on site. They use those cameras to detect methane, as does our industry. Right. And the technology being deployed today, let's face it, everyone's worried about methane emissions. We are as well. It's Heck the yeah. product that we sell. Uh, we don't want to go into the atmosphere. We want to go into the sales. Right. Exactly. Makes perfect sense. Capture to do that, that and use it someplace. That's else. absolutely right. right. Let's Capture burn it somewhere. It. Absolutely. Yep. So the Shale Insight Conference, you can go to shaleinsight.com. Correct. You yep. can get That's all the details good. there. You can register there and get an idea as to what's hanging out. I mean, it's, it's worth stopping by and checking out what's going on. Yeah, they can also jump on our website, Marcellus yeah. Shale Coalition or marcelluscoalition.org. They okay. can find us there as well. A lot going on at this conference. A lot of folks need to check in on that because I think right. they'll find right. a lot happening in the area of technology advance. So much is advanced every year. Every year there's something new that's going on. And so that's happening October the 23rd 
to October the 23rd to the 25th. That's correct. It's right around the corner, just about a month or so away. We're yep. check out Dave. Thanks for hanging out with yeah, us. Yeah, nice great being you, with Dave. you, guys. It's always yeah, good to be with it's you. really great. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to always talk about Anytime. technology and advancement. You guys led off with this. It's not hydraulic fraction. We were fracking wells in the 1940s. It's the ability to turn a drill bit horizontally that's opened a global right. opportunity for energy for our country, for our state. Right. And let's capitalize on that. Well, thank you for your leadership. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me. Really good being with you today. Without a doubt. So, Audrey, we've got a lot in front of us tonight here on Tech 5 Radio. Yeah, what do we have tonight? So we have Chris Johnson from Teletracking stopping by for a double deep dive. We haven't done one of those in a while. I'm just saying. We haven't. Yeah, he's the new president there. Wow, I'm going to have to get a cup of coffee. You might get a couple cups of coffee. Get one for me, too, while you go out there. (laughs) And, of course, we have Chris Paccioni from the Luma Institute. Oh, that's nice. Those are old times. That's great. It's like the show of Chris's in one day. Exciting night for you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Sounds like a fun night for me. for sure. (laughs) Good, good stuff. We're coming back with more Tech Vibe, Uh, we swear. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. Of course. This is Jonathan Kirshning. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. And of course, I keep reminding everybody, October the 25th is our Tech 50 event. Biggest night in technology right oh, there on the heels right. with the Shale Insight Woo. Conference. Fantastic. Uh, I love it, man. It'll be a, it'll be a great, great night in uh, Pittsburgh tech and energy as far as that goes. Anyhow, we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. As promised, we have Chris Johnson here from Teletracking Technologies. Audrey, you know how psyched I've been about getting this interview together, right? I know you're pretty psyched. I know. One of the Pittsburgh's And why are companies. you so psyched? Because we get to talk every every show, we talk to the best and brightest minds in Pittsburgh, right? It's just the way Tech Vibe Radio rolls, and we're just taking it to another level this time. Because yeah, so now we have Chris Johnson here, now, and he's taken over a new leadership role, exactly, with a company called Teletracking. Absolutely, man. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good evening. Exactly. Any time you know, of the day. This is how hard you work. You yeah. don't even see the light of day. He just knows that it's like he's got to be somewhere <laughs> and do something. No. So, Chris, first of all, congratulations on the new position at Teletracking. Thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's like you got all the switches at your control right now. You <laughs> can do whatever you want. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, what's your background, real fast? As our listeners want to know, who is Chris Johnson? Um, well, thanks, first of all, for having me. So just to give a little background, I've been in Pittsburgh for three years okay. now. So um, nice. prior to that, and that whole time has been with teletracking. Great. Prior to that, I was in Virginia, and I won't go all the way back into my uh, elementary school career. So I'll start middle, my school. Cre- middle school. My career, middle school. My career yes. in healthcare. So Definitely. I started my career in healthcare in a small startup uh, in uh, Richmond, Virginia, that was doing something somewhat similar to teletracking. Okay. Somewhat similar, uh, but not not exactly. Um, as we were growing that business, we were acquired by GE Healthcare, and I was super excited. I was incredibly excited that I could take what we were trying to solve in healthcare, and we'll talk a little bit about that, I'm sure. Definitely. Um, and take it to a, a grand scale, leveraging GE Healthcare and the work that's, right. that's happening there. Um, but very quickly, I started seeing that it was more challenging than I thought. I, th- I saw that we were spending um, a lot of time uh, managing you know, the large bureaucracy of a, of a large corporation. And that's the reality of the situation. And this problem of inefficiency in healthcare, which is what teletracking uh, attacks, is something that we believe, I believe, it has to be solved entrepreneurially. Absolutely. And we kept seeing this little company in Pittsburgh that okay. kept outflanking and outmaneuvering. Uh-oh, so and teletracking so was whipping you. They, they were. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so we, we came up to Pittsburgh to uh, talk to Michael Zemias, the yeah. owner of the company, and find out what was going on. And what I saw and what I learned about his vision of where he wanted to take teletracking, yeah. 
I decided that this is the place that this problem is going to be solved. I love and it. So I picked so, up after eight years at GE Healthcare and coming to, to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That's right. No way. I love that. So what are your so thoughts of Pittsburgh? Wait, so you came yeah. to Pittsburgh teletracking. What was your role there? Uh, it's actually a very interesting career path through teletracking. So right. when I, when I came to teletracking, I was uh, when I left GE Healthcare, I was a chief technology officer running a large organization. And I talked to to Michael, and he said, uh, "I like what you're. I like the way you think. I like the way uh, you approach the problem." Um, I have a unique opportunity for you. I'd like you to be the chief of staff for our business. Chief and, of staff for mm-hmm. business? And, so, yeah. okay. and direct reports exactly zero. Mm-hmm. And But it's an opportunity to understand our customers, yeah. our technology, the problem right. we're trying to great solve, and, and the way we think about Get it. Get under the covers with it. And so I spent, I spent time there. It is and, a great and, role. And absolutely loved it. It was the best, it was the best growth yeah. opportunity I could have ever yeah. had. It's amazing. That if the, in the right place. In the to have and, that kind and with of the job. and with the right, right mentors, right. that's right. Well, what did you think of Pittsburgh before you came here? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm assuming Pittsburgh wasn't necessarily <laughs> oh, like great. on your radar screen, but like, but obviously the 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 ability to go to teletracking was like, nope, this is where it is, and I'm going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, it absolutely. And I, I missed um, you. Know, Pittsburgh has a reputation outside of Pittsburgh, and I think a lot of people uh, still equate Pittsburgh to a, a different time, right? Uh, to tell you the truth, um, but I came to Pittsburgh. That's so polite. Yeah. <laughs> That's well so put, polite. Chris. Well put. Well the, the good put. news is, I've been a Steelers. You steal- mean not held with I, I, the lid blown off? That's right. I've been I've been a Steelers fan since the seventies, so oh. I, was, I was able to carry well, that. Well, you're in. Carry that forward. But um, when I came to Pittsburgh, I, I, what I saw was just an amazing, booming economy in technology and healthcare, uh, high tech uh, right. space. I saw what's happening at CMU and Pitt. Um, and really got to know the neighborhoods uh, in Pittsburgh. My family has absolutely loved Pittsburgh. That's awesome, man. I like to hear that. Those are good answers. <laughs> yes. You're passing the test <laughs> so far. Honest good, in everything. Yeah, <laughs> honest in everything. Really, really good answers. So so let's switch in gears for a little bit, and let's talk about, so chief of staff, and then you become president, and what? how would you describe what it's like to work at Teletracking? Because it's a growth company which means that there's a lot of moving pieces and parts and lots of people that you need to recruit and, and opportunities are endless. It is, a, it is a growth company, and I think one of the biggest learnings I've, I've had is moving out of corporate America into a family office or a family-owned business uh, in large part, right. which is what represents teletracking. And so um, the number one thing that I would say uh, that I've learned uh, at teletracking is the, how much focus, and you can obsess on the customer. You can obsess on the customer and solving problems uh, and not obsess on the quarterly earnings report. And you know, know. quite what frankly, relie- right? Isn't I mean, that a great relief? It is a huge relief. I mean, listen, there's great benefits of working for a large corporation, right? You can, you can move the needle on a global scale if you're a company like GE Healthcare. But when it comes to solving a problem from the ground up, defining a market, right. uh, a company like Teletracking is where it has to be. The agility of a size of a company like yep. Teletracking to make that happen. Yep. And the, thing, the other thing is you very rarely in your life, and it seems like you guys have uh, been blessed with this, but very rarely in your life do you get to do something that you absolutely love. That's with been pe- me for the past 21 years. Lo- with exactly. people you love. Yep. It's such and, a rare thing. And that is exactly what I'm able to do with Teletrack. And our, our team is fantastic. Um, you know, we are growing, and there's challenges. Right. There's, I mean, there's, there's strains. You know, of course. There's strains right. around the seams as, as, life, you, as, a, right. as that company grows. Right. Um, but as long as you're willing to, you know, work together, collaborate, and you take tear down walls, and you know, we talk about, you know, there's certain ways things are done, the tele way, the teletracking way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a and big focus on culture, though. Like, what a does that mean? Tremendous focus it's not on culture. Just, you know, the word. 
That's that's right. And so you, Keith Young, who uh, runs our HR, and, and Michael Zemias, who's the owner of the company, uh, really are chief culture officers and are right. very, very focused. They're setting that tone. And, yeah. and it, it's a hard way to run a business, to tell you the truth. Um, but it's it's the greatest way to run a business, as far as I'm concerned, which is an obsession on your team and an obsession on the on the employees there. Michael has been very focused on you know, what may seem like a small thing, although I don't think it's a small thing, is things like uh, pays 100% of medical benefits for our employees. I know. Cause He's he un- passionate about that. Incredibly passionate about it. Understands the burden. You know, working in this business, you understand the burden that healthcare costs put on families exactly. and, and what happens there. And we want to take that burden off the shoulders of our employees so they can stay focused on solving the problem. That's just a small example. And then um, I, I actually heard on one of your previous shows some commentary around work we've done with uh, Mission of Mercy. Yep. And so oh, great fo- focus on yeah. your communities, the communities in which you work, whether it's Pittsburgh or whether it's other, other countries. We're in the U.K., uh, in Canada, we make similar investments uh, in those communities as well. When Audrey and I learned about about the mission of Mercy, our minds were blown. We we're like, "Wow!" Like the amount of effort to make that happen and the positive impact it had. And teletracking doesn't have to do that, but they do, and they did. And it's just that that to us was just amazing, and just really shows what what's going on at that company. Yeah, and you we know? we had a hundred and. 40, something like that, um, employees that were that volunteered their time. They in addition to in, in, the dentist and adi- their In addition support. to the right. dentist. And the thing that I learned walking away from that and is, is a real question. I'm not sure who has served more, the people that are serving or the people that were served. Right. And yeah. you know, it just uh, impacted us uh, tremendously. Makes we look forward sense. to continue to doing it. Yeah. I, I've not seen any examples of that in other cities. I have not, but we need to make more examples exactly. of Mission of Mercy right? across so this country. So if you don't know about um, Mission of Mercy, there's actually a Twitter handle on it. You, could, you can go in and just explore it, but you can see what they've done to sort of help people who don't have access to dental care. And as someone who lives at the dentist, I can tell you, you know that how I would not be alive if I didn't have access Absolutely. to dental care. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, we're taking a quick break. We're coming back with more teletracking technologies and Chris Johnson there. So many great stories to tell. I want to learn more about the technologies you guys are deploying, really how you're just impacting the quality of patients' lives and helping doctors and nurses have more time with their patients and a little bit more about the culture, about what's making teletracking a great place to work and Maybe talk about some of the positions we have open. That's a lot to go over. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so much going on. But we're so glad to have you here hanging out with us tonight on Tech Vibe Radio. So keep your dial tuned right here. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. And we're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And we have awesome members like Teletracking Technologies that are part of what making us do what we do every single day. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Fly on over to Twitter at pghtech. So glad you can join us tonight here on Tech Vibe Radio. As promised, we are back here with Teletracking Technologies and Chris Johnson, just named president of Teletracking. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So much fun having you here because there's so much great stuff that, that's going on within Teletracking. But as I mentioned before, Audrey and I want to nerd out on, on the problems that Teletracking solves because these are tough problems and they really impact the quality of people's lives. I mean, this is literally their lives we're talking about here. So let's let's dive into that. What do you think? Yeah, perfect. I can talk a little bit about what teletracking cool. does. You know, teletrack, teletracking is based on a, a singular mission to ensure that no patient ever has to wait for the care that they need. Right. And, you know, we're focused on a problem that everyone has experienced. Have you ever been to an emergency room and you wait and you wait and you wait? I once had a friend actually waiting on a gurney for three hours, like in a hallway. It's 
called boarding. And so is that what that is? It is direct, directly tied. Mortality rates are directly tied to boarding. So every year. Really? And so what teletracking focuses on is efficiency and patient flow. How do you improve the flow of patients through the healthcare system, not just in the hospital? But exactly. Boarding that you just mentioned is directly correlated to mortality rates. 37,000 people in the United States alone die. In a hallway. Waiting. Yeah. In the hallway in an emergency department. That's it a lot of people. Unacceptable. I mean, that's like, that is unacceptable. That it, it's the only way to put it. That's just unacceptable. That is unacceptable. So you, what, what teletracking does by creating visibility in the management of workflows, what's happening in the hospital? We understand mm-hmm. what's happening with the patients, with the doctors, with the nurses, with the other staff, the beds, right. the, the assets and mm-hmm. the equipment in there. And we put a layer of intelligence over top of it. So we understand where the bottlenecks are. We understand where the bottlenecks are going to happen, and we help remove them. Uh, and that way you move and that's more patients the patient through. Movement. That's that's patient movement. So when we talk about patient flow, it's how do you move people through a system that is built for inefficiency? And so we remove many of those inefficiencies. And and so common things that you see is that hospitals that put in teletracking and work with us uh, serve thousands and thousands of more patients every year without adding more beds or more doctors or more staff. So you got to be more efficient, right? You have, to, you have to be more efficient. And if you look at the macro level of the economy, we have four trillion dollars that's being spent in healthcare, and it is being spent incredibly inefficiently. Exactly. And in the U.S., too many people are being turned away from the care that they need. Right. And so right. we help those patients uh, get more get more care. It's this compounding problem that teletracking is able to start unwinding. So it seems like I'm, to me. So how many hospitals are you in in the U.S.? And just a little over a thousand total uh, that we're that wow. we're contracted with. We've been teletracking is a you know kind of a new startup. Twenty seven years under our belt, uh, mm-hmm. but we're continuing to continuing to grow. We finished our first quarter two years ago, and we've entered our second quarter. <laughs> so we have a little over, we have a little over a thousand a thousand hospitals that we that we serve. And that is in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. predominantly. That's a lot the, of patients the then. That's a lot of patients that are, that are being managed more efficiently. Millions of patients yeah. are being served and millions more are being served that otherwise would not be able to. And so you have created the technology of that process flow. We have. We have. We've, we've, and we've perfected it. And nothing's ever perfect. You, you, mm-hmm. strive, you strive towards that over right. 27 years. So we've taken what we've learned in every one of those hospitals, and we've codified it into a, an operating platform that underlies everything that happens in the hospital, outside of the hospital, around the care continuum. And the way we like to think about it, we're continuing to expand uh, to this concept of home-to-home. From the time you huh. leave home to the time you get back home, right. you're willing that uh, we are removing the hurdles and obstacles to your care. And so what are your customers saying to you? Well, we have uh, – our customers are saying – Long-term customers are telling us that if you take teletracking out, we can no longer operate. We can wow. no longer serve. New wow. customers are Jeez. telling us that if uh, at the current trajectory, hospitals, 60% of U.S. hospitals will be in the red by 2025 if they don't make a marked improvement in efficiency in their systems. So it is something that everyone needs. Yeah. It's an imperative for the ones that aren't using it. To, it is an, to, it is to, an imperative. To have better management. And we're able to make it uh, – in a able to make it very personal, too, when we talk about uh, why people at teletracking come to work every day, because everyone's experienced this problem. And one day, your parents, your child, you, your friend, 
is going to be in a hospital, and you want teletracking in that hospital. I know. I, I, should be, I want a sticker that, on the window that says, you know, powered by teletracking. <laughs> so when I'm rolling in there, I know I'm getting the best service. We're working on that. If that sticker's not there, I'm not going. Teletracking inside. The, the seal of approval. <laughs> the That's seal exactly of approval. Right. I know I'm in good like hands that. at that point. I'm just saying. <laughs> so are you, what kinds of people work at teletracking? Do you have a lot of people in software development? Do you have business process and yep. analysts? Yeah, we really across the board. I mean, we started as a technology company um, from the ground up. So we have a lot of technologists, and they're primarily here in Pittsburgh, uh, which is a great technology market, increasingly right. competitive. But we think we have a good story in yeah. what we, in what we yeah. do, and, we, and we're a good draw for technical, technical talent here. But we have people that are field engineers that work in the hospitals. Um, about a dozen years ago, Michael uh, Zamias, the owner of the company, made a decision that we need to hire more clinicians, people that have worked in the hospital. Right. Yeah. Actually, the people that have been there, done that, and really know the pain points. And right? that has fundamentally changed our approach because when those people, which, which are in our technology organization, they're in our advisory and consulting, they're in our implementation teams, they bring a perspective of what it's like to work in that environment. And that fundamentally changed the way Teletracking interacted with our customers about 12 years ago. Very, very cool. Know, it's so interesting to have the leadership people who have been practitioners and are not, and are no longer, because we're seeing that a lot in healthcare. You're seeing that a lot right? in healthcare, and you know it's funny. We actually consider it one of our marks, uh, our measures of success, right? And so many of the people that come uh, to work for Teletrack and that have been clinicians have been very successful in the hospital systems mm. that they, that they work in, and they want to do more of that. They want to reach beyond you know the four beyond walls, the one. Of, beyond the walls of that. But one of the measures of success for teletracking, from my perspective, and this is shared with Michael and others in our leadership team, is today doctors and nurses are discouraging their children from going into healthcare. Oh, are yeah, they? Because guess... of the, the burdens to exactly. the care, the, the hurdles that are there. Mm-hmm. And so a, a measure of success from our standpoint is when doctors and nurses are encouraging their children wow. to go into healthcare so they can be healers. Exactly. Not a, right? We really have suffered these last two decades. We've suffered these last two decades, and, you know, the, it's, it's unfortunate, I think, is in the United States. I mean, we are – we rank 44 out of 51 countries in efficiency in healthcare. See, You know, right just, behind the Dominican Republic and right ahead of Bulgaria, well, yeah. which is unacceptable oh, to my. me when you think about, uh, you know, we've able to put a man on the moon, man on the right. moon uh, and, and, but not able to solve this problem. But you guys are starting to solve it. It's in place. It's happening in a 1,000 hospitals making a tremendous impact. We have yeah. story after story of lives that lives that are are being saved. Right. And you, we had a, a good conversation uh, with a, a, someone who was running a hospital, and I'll give you the abbreviated version. Um, you explained where a child had inge- ingested rat poison, and they needed to get this child to mm. a trauma center. And the one phone call into our command center, which we is kind of the centralized place in which we, we I've operate. seen pictures of that command center, and it's, it's a command center. It is, a, yeah. it is a command center. Through one phone call, they're able to get that uh, that patient, that child, into the right place with the right staff, with the right equipment, yeah. with the right meds, things of that nature. And it took 15 minutes off of what otherwise was a well-oiled machine. Exactly. But that 15 minutes was all that child needed. Exactly, to save and that And otherwise, we would have walked out. Wow, so, man. We have, st- we have story after story, and, and that's, that's what keeps us coming to work. And that's why people get pumped up to come to work like Absolutely. Because you know every day you're saving someone's life, man. That's, that's exactly right. Hospital yeah. operations doesn't have that, uh, that 
shine. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, exactly. It, it doesn't right, really right, come right. out like that. But at the end, at the end of the day, it's solving one of the greatest problems we see in we see in healthcare, and it literally saving lives every day. I see. So that inspires us. Absolutely. We've got a, just a few minutes left. I'm like, oh man, like there's just so much more we could be talking about that I'm just I just want to know more and how you guys like. What's in the future now? What are you working on for the next six months, the next year that you, that you want to roll out in the hospital? And what so, about people who want to work for you? Yeah. One, go to teletracking.com. Okay. Absolutely, go to teletracking.com. <laughs> I, was, I was actually uh, needed to say that earlier, Absolutely. I think. But uh, we are hiring, and we're continuing to hire. We're hiring technologists. We're hiring project managers, program managers, uh, skilled clinicians who want to be able to, to put their, their skills to work there. Um, and you take a look at that at that website, and you'll see everything that w- that we're doing. Um, the, the types of people that are a draw to teletracking are people that are very mission oriented, and that they actually want to solve a problem. And this is a very real problem that will affect everyone in this room, every every one of your family at some point. And if you can be a part of making that better, if you want to be a part of making that better, teletracking is a great place to work. Absolutely, look for that so, seal well, on the hats on the door. off to you. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's awesome stuff. So. You've been in Pittsburgh for three years. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming you're having a pretty good time. What would you say has been the best thing about, about coming to Pittsburgh? You know, of course, working for teletracking is giving you all this, this, this great experience. But what else about Pittsburgh do you think has is, is, is been really fun and great for you so far? I'll give you two things. Yeah. Um, one, just from my family standpoint, moving to Pittsburgh, tremendous people. And uh, that's not just being gratuitous. I've loved that's Pittsburgh. Great. I Ooh. love walking down the street. I love the people in our neighborhood. They've they've been so welcoming. What part of town are you living in? I I'm north uh, Franklin Park. Excellent Franklin man. Park area. Mm-hmm. So we work downtown. And uh, the second is the community. And it's not just beyond just the people, but gotcha. it, you, the interaction I have with other entrepreneurial companies with large uh-huh. world class health systems that are right here in Pittsburgh. And the universities uh, and watching them come together. And quite frankly, yeah. Pittsburgh Technology Council, here, my shameless plug. You but can plug, real. man. We like wow. it. I, I, the Pittsburgh wow. Technology Council, I've, I've been in a lot of cities. I've traveled a lot, a lot particularly in my, in my last sure. career. Uh, I see what's happening here is something that every other city I've been in is trying to replicate in mm-hmm. some form or fashion. Interesting. So it's pretty spectacular. No, that's awesome, man. Wow. We appreciate it. And I, I sense we have a permanent Pittsburgher here, Audrey. Yeah, we're going to have to make exactly. it. I think you do. Yeah, you're not going anywhere, man. We're keeping you. You're ours now, man. We love <laughs> no, it. No, you we get a it. chance to work with some great people. So. Yeah. So it's good. Awesome. Teletracking.com. You can learn about the company, the employment opportunities. It's such a cool thing. I'm so glad you got to hang out with us tonight, Chris. Great. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome stuff. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We're coming right back with another Chris, Chris Paccioni from Luma Institute. I know. It's Chris Day. It is Chris Day here on, on Tech Great. Vibe Radio. Well, that was a cool update, Teletracking. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're taking a quick break. As I said, this is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech. Dot org And rumor has it, Teletracking is a finalist at Tech 50 this year on October the 25th. Yeah, so coming I, right around the bend. Oh, it's here before you know it, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Welcome back, everybody. You are dialed into Tech Vibe Radio. And Audrey, you got this groove thing going on. I was making fun of you. I know. What's up with that? <laughs> we have a serious guest in the house, and I'm trying to show him some respect. <laughs> serious. I, I unbuttoned my top button. You, you did. did. I'm ready to roll here. You guys. <laughs> Dude. Wear short sleeves. Come on. It's I all know. good, man. Right. So we have Chris Paccioni here from the Luma Institute. And just so our listeners know, I happen to know this guy. And I've known him for a while. He is my brother-in-law. Okay. And I won't hold Full that against him. Full that disclosure. Up. Exactly. I didn't want to hey, have bro. To... <laughs> exactly, bro. I didn't want to have to bring that up. Yeah. I was going to play 
dumb. No, I just want people to know it's all in the cool. Why? He's, he's not in the show because he's my brother-in-law. He's on the show because he's running a really cool company. Yeah, you know, if we're up to true. me, I'd be, like, right. I'd be yeah. like, no way, man. Everybody just tuned out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what? What's he doing? <laughs> no, so Chris, Luma Institute. How long you, you, How long has this been off the ground for now? Mm-hmm. Uh, eight years. We uh, This August was our eighth oh birthday. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. I remember when it was pre- yeah, right. The pre-birth. Yeah, yeah, we were incubating it over at Maya. Yeah, mm-hmm. two thousand eight for two years. I was one of years. the early. You knew about this. Well, the, early the Colonel. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she has. I was one of the early yeah. writers in yeah, it yeah. with Phil Lucas. Oh so, yeah, Bill. so Chris, Bill's still around too. He's I done know great, he is. great work. He does. He's very happy. Yeah, I check in on him. Just yeah. so you know, I yeah. check she in. She does. Yeah. Just to make sure everything's cool. What's going on. So, <laughs> so Chris, yeah, tell our listeners yeah, the Luma Institute. Luma Institute. What's the elevator pitch here? The elevator pitch. Okay, let me get let me get my paper. Exactly. <laughs> Let me read from my script. Good sound effects, yes. man. Yeah. Just kidding. So uh, we are a um, leading and global provider yeah. of design, a design thinking system. Yeah. Uh, design thinking courses and design thinking software that help companies, you know, basically do three things. Be more agile and collaborative. Um, uh, be more innovative yeah. and be more customer centric. Those are the three big things. A lot of big corporations and small corporations are trying to do these things. And they all struggle with it, and they don't it's know how to stuff. attack it, right? And yeah. a lot of it's intertwined, too, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. well, and you, and you help them with that. it's not just for leadership, right? I mean, I think that's the cool thing. It's for the whole company. I mean, uh, a lot of the companies that we work with are really about whole culture transformation. It's like, how in general right. do we be more innovative on a day-to-day basis, you know, mm-hmm. where innovation is business as usual? Or how do we be more customer-centric? How do we put the needs of our various stakeholders and different kinds of users and partners first. Right. And, you know, how how can be more collaborative, like cross silos, break down the silos, uh, because, you know, all the books say, um, you know, the best innovations come from multiple lines coming together, the Mm cross-pollination, that thing. And and design thinking sort of provides a a platform and a way of working and thinking and doing for people from various walks of life to come together and do that kind of stuff. So design thinking has really become popular these days. Now, so... Being my brother-in-law, I was having dinner with you uh, a few weeks ago, yeah. and my oh, nephew, let me mom, step my, exactly, step outside <laughs> here, Audrey. Step outside. <laughs> so I obviously was not at that dinner. One of my favorite nephews, Leo, was taking. He's he's like he's in the uh, <laughs> what sixth grade. He's gone seventh grade. seventh grade yeah, now. Just started, yeah. And he's in a design class. Yeah, yeah, up at so, Avonworth, yeah. Exa- so at a young age, just saying that this is where it's, it's coming. He so in a, he's mm-hmm. in a design class. Yeah, I, I noticed on his. Um, I guess his uh, syllabus or his classes for the year when when he when he got it in the mail that uh, it's only a quarter of a credit, but uh, he'll be taking a class called Design and Innovation later this year in the seventh grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have to r- awesome. run into the superintendent a couple days ago. I was going to say, yeah, you need to go. Oh, in they're there, doing Chris. great stuff. I um, uh, Bill actually, who you mentioned before, does a lot of work with Avonworth, and we do a lot of we support a lot of their programs and the teachers, not only at Avonworth but a lot of the uh, local school districts yeah. trying to integrate this stuff into the curriculum. So, so happy Chris, to see it. So, happy Chris, it. what is design thinking for our listeners out there? Yeah, right. What does that mean? Besides that, a buzzword, a big, besides a buzzword, you know, there's some actual yeah, meat behind this, right? I mean, we Luma likes to refer to it what design thinking is referring to as human-centered design, but whatever, it's there's numerous handlers for it. Okay, design thinking is the most popular one because it was on the cover of Harvard Business Review right. several times. Exactly, so that's the one we're going right. to go with. Okay. 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 I don't like it much, but it works. Right. So, but okay. what it is 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 basically it's a it's an approach to uh, work that is inventing new things, developing, innovating new things. It basically emphasizes three things. Um, deep, oh, I'm sorry, 
not three things. I'm going to up that. Five things. Five. Five whole things. Good oh Lord. And so stay with me here. Notes. Okay. Do All it. Right. So, so it emphasizes, number one, problem finding and problem understanding and problem right. framing. Right. So it, 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 it gets people having those early conversations when we're doing the work. Like, what problem are you trying to solve here? Um, you know, the, the, the world is littered with great stories about how teams did a good job solving the wrong problem. <laughs> uh, exactly. So, <laughs> right, so, right. so getting on the same page and figuring out what is it that we're really trying to solve here uh, is and, and aligning of that across organization is very critical and design thinking helps uh, teams have those critical conversations at the strategic level and the tactical level. Uh, the second thing is deep, deep stakeholder empathy. Not just user empathy, but stakeholders. I mean, when you're designing something new, you got to really take into account the multiple stakeholders. That is, people who have a stake in in the solution, exactly. and not just end users. Um, it could be evaluated resellers. Um, it could be the organization itself. Right. And how do you understand what everybody needs out of this thing? And so that's tough stuff. And that's really I, tough. Like is. I'm thinking about it for our organization. Yeah. Right. Where we represent like over two hundred thousand individuals, right? They all want the same thing. I know. <laughs> no, I mean, so that's really... if only they did. Right, <laughs> and it and it's complex, but you shouldn't you shouldn't shy away from complexity, right? Remember, Maya's old taming. You got to tame yeah, that complexity. Right. You got to get in there and say, well, what's really going on here? So that's the second thing. The third thing is just uh, imagination, uh, envisioning the future, okay. being able to. That's part and part of part and parcel of what innovation is. Is is bringing something that hasn't existed yet into existence. Gotcha. And so that requires visual and imagination. Right. I think the fourth thing is um, uh, rapid iteration and development, right? So that's that's not unique. And a lot of these aren't unique to design thinking. It's just a language that helps it. But yeah. that's not unique to design thinking. It just helps teams build, test, learn, and get in that iterative loop early on in the process. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, my belief is, is that, you know, the old saying used to be, uh, you know, we're whoever's first to market wins. It's whoever can iterate the fastest wins. Um, your ability and your team's coming together to make, learn, and what do we do wrong, quickly. and do it again, and be quick about it is right. what is what uh, organization's looking for. And I, I'd say the fit... It's the, hard to be nimble. Yeah. You have oh, yeah, like that agility. large mm-hmm. constituents. Absolutely. Or you have these large bunch of people. It is. It is. And that gets into an all other conversation, which we probably won't have time today, but how you structure your organization, which we're not experts in, but we've run into... Um, uh, the way you're the OD, the organizational right. development mm-hmm. factors in that. And I think the fifth thing is just um, multi collaborative dif- dis- uh, multi um, disciplinary collaboration. Yeah. Uh, right. So, how do you get different silos, engineering, supply chain, right. um, back office, front office, uh, um, designers, all working together on a problem? Because usually problems are multifaceted and you need everybody kind of working together so the solution actually. Uh, fits with multiple facets of the organization. People have different customers. agendas and expectations. Yeah, exactly. And it just becomes all the more complex. Yeah, but so can... design thinking really basically provides a language or way of working right. to have those critical conversations and make judgments and decisions you have yeah, to make right. in the design process. So. Could maybe go through like a way that you actually work with a company, that's maybe a quick way so our listeners can be like, well, how, how, how exactly that do you engage? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. wait, every, we're talking to Chris Paccioni. And uh, if you want, if you're near your computer yeah. or anything, log into www.lumainstitute.com. All That's, one word? Yeah. Uh, d- Luma-institute.com, I think. That's you can the do way both. Spell it, but yeah. I just type in Luma Institute and yeah, Google. It just goes right there, man. Simple as that. <laughs> Absolutely, man. No, no, so so the question was, yeah. how, how do we work with different organizations? Yeah. So, uh, you know, our, scenario, so our listeners yeah, can our really niche, get that idea. Our niche is scaling this stuff. Um, everybody... And their grandmother offers design thinking workshops, and a lot of them are quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, and we saw this years ago, uh, back in 2012, we said, you know, design thinking workshops, it's, it's definitely a trend. It's, and it's not just a trend, but it's actually good stuff. This isn't going away. Um, but that's going to become a bit of a commodity. And the other thing we learned early on is that if you're trying to inject this into the DNA of your organizations, you know, cheap dipping 40,000 people or 400,000 people through titty workshops isn't going to get it done. No, it's, it's, it's part of that. So what we try to do with organizations is set up whole um, design thinking programs. We're really trying to um, in, inject these ways of working into the sort of business as usual, into daily activity. So people are using it on a daily basis. Right, because part of how they just get business done, right? Yeah, exactly. And so the way, way we do that often is that we, we have a sort of three-pronged uh, approach. Um, the first is we, we certainly will do workshops. Um, they're important. But we understand that a lot of people in the organization have maybe gone to workshops at the Stanford yeah. D School or taken right. an IDO or their last organization. Or they're overdosed. Right. They yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of workshop fatigue out there. But uh, we do do them. Um, we have practitioner certification programs. But a lot of times what we do in terms of scaling is we quickly transition that teaching over to the organization. So we have basically large organizations we, we tend to work with. So, so you so, pass it gotcha. on. It's train the trainer. Train the trainer. Thing. Exactly. Right. Um and we just don't do workshops, but we also integrate these 90-day programs where <clears throat> we provide venues for peer-to-peer learning. So you take a workshop, and we say, okay, go apply a recipe. Go apply a, 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 some of the methods we just taught you to a real problem. Then come back in 30 days and share it with your peers. Share it, right. And let's see how it went. How, what, was, what was good? What was bad? What was hard? How to, how to go? And so that, we begin that sort of cross-display pollination of ideas and sharing and that kind of learning. And the third thing we do is provide them with Luma Workplace, which is our SaaS, our software yeah. as a service. That's, I think, is so cool because you can access the software online yeah. and yes. use it to guide like, yourself you through the exercises. You, you're accessing uh, just-in-time uh, uh, education. So let's say you want to you want to run a session next week. Let's say you've got like 12 people coming in for an ideation session or an alignment session. And you go to the site and search our, our hundreds of different recipes. There's just combinations of the methods we teach. I get hungry every time I go there. Yeah. Right. yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and um, see which uh, recipe kind of um, uh, fits the the, the 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 sort of goal what you're trying to do in the in the course. You go into that, and there's videos and uh, links to templates and things that basically help you do that. Yeah. Just, just because you took a workshop two years ago, we actually mean you're good used at. it. We used it for the forty by eighty uh, Did you? Yeah. Uh, meeting that we had, and it was yeah. so easy to use. And I uh, appreciate. We, oh, it's good we, to hear that. We snapped was... it all together, and we had a really effective meeting by using your stuff. Which I want to remind people: we've got about a minute or so left. You can be an organization of any size to use this. You don't have to yep. be a giant IBM. You can be a four-person outfit yep. and get benefit from this, which mm-hmm. I think is just exciting. Yeah, we we do a lot of work with uh, yeah, educational institutions, nonprofit, as well as the big, the big companies. Exactly. As well. So yeah, everybody's getting value out of it. And so that's really the key: is like, what are we doing for our customers? Not on day two of the workshop, but day two thousand. Exactly. And it's something you want to integrate along the life cycle of the company. So it's not something you learn once and kind of. Side, you got to use it, but you live, you learn it, and you live. And that's it, how right? we learn, right? Uh, uh, right. If 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 we're experts here in something, it's because we've been doing it all our lives, and Excellent. so we want to provide those tools uh, constantly. Chris Paccioni, my brother-in-law and also the CEO of the <laughs> oh Luma Institute. Aww. No nepotism yeah, here. Yeah, right? <laughs> none at all. No, we think it's such okay, cool well, stuff. I mean, Audrey, thanks it goes for being back. here. Oh, Audrey, and happy birthday. <laughs> All the good stuff. Now, Chris, thank you. Really great stuff with Luma. We think what you guys are doing is really transformational and something every company should be checking out. Well, we appreciate being here, and we're proud to be headquartered in Pittsburgh. That's what it's all about, man. Another Tech Vibe Radio here and gone, Audrey. But next Friday, as I always remind our listeners, come on back. More folks like Chris building great companies here in Pittsburgh. 
we put the focus on them every Friday night here on Tech 5. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org and follow us on Twitter at pghtech. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.